eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But let me give credit. Henry Skywalker brought this up. If he looked better in the at-bat against Vesia in the sixth, I would have felt differently. Don't you have to pinch hit? For Brett Beatty with Eduardo Escobar when he comes up seventh inning, bases loaded two out against another lefty. And they actually went to the lefty, Justin Brule, at that point. And it's a very interesting point. So, Beatty, this is Beatty's debut for the season. His numbers against lefties, if you look deeper at it in the minors, they're not great. They're not horrendous. They're not great. Like, like you'd expect. Most guys are better against right-handed pitching. So he starts this game against Dustin May. He grounds out against the righty May, gets the RBI single against Dustin May. In the sixth inning, because the Dodgers do have three lefties in their bullpen, that's when he faces Vesia with first and second two out. He struck out. And Henry Skywalker's right. He did not look good in that at-bat. At that point, sixth inning, no question you're letting him hit. We're now an inning later. The Mets have taken the lead at this point, which maybe relaxes you a tad. Bases loaded two out, do you go to Escobar? So here's my answer to this. There's two parts. I don't trust Eduardo Escobar. Like, Eduardo Escobar, yes, he's better as a right-hand hitter. Yes, I see a world in which his new role could be DH against righties. 100%. He hasn't hit. He hasn't hit from the left side. He hasn't hit from the right side. His one home run was as a lefty. So if this was Escobar second half last year where there's a clear difference in performance... I'd say, yeah, I'm trying to win the game. Escobar gives me the best chance in that moment. Number one, I don't feel like Eduardo Escobar has given me much of a chance based on how bad some of his at-bats have been. That's number one. Number two, Beatty. How do you want to handle him? Like, we have to have a conversation about this. Should Brett Beatty start against lefties? Should he face lefties out of the bullpen late in a game like this when you have Escobar on the bench, who's a better right-hand hitter? So, in that moment, first game, I got a three-run lead. Escobar's done nothing. I will say I got no issue with it. Let the kid play. Game two, and we'll get more into that game in a second, 
I have no issue with him sitting against Kershaw. He's Clayton Kershaw. He's one of the great left-hand pitchers in the history of baseball. You don't want to let a bad performance against Kershaw, which everybody had, you don't want to let that turn into a slump. I, I'm i not saying I'm cheering it on. I'm saying I have no issue with sitting him against Clayton Kershaw. I get that, Evan, but I, I will just say this. How does one get better at something, right? Totally agree They with do you. it. So I look at Beatty and I look at Alvarez and I look at when Mauricio comes up here, hopefully they don't trade him. These are guys. These are corner pieces. I want them out there against everybody. They are not. You're not going to pinch hit for Lindor. You're not going to pinch hit for Alonso. You're not going to pinch hit for Nimmo. You can't compare so when, the two, though. No, no, no. Okay, but my point is, is that my what I expect from them and what I want for them is to become those guys. Yes. The only way to become that is that we're not pinch hitting for I, you in the seventh inning against the guy that we've never heard of. Okay. Kershaw, so, we could have the argument. Get first, you know, second game back up. That we could have a conversation about, but I, not late in the game, first game. No I way. think the reason, just with the Kershaw thing, I'll never forget this, and I think you remember this too. Michael Conforto had a tremendous April. Yep. He gets a start on a Saturday, I think, against Madison Bumgarner, and we're like, great, he should play Bumgarner. Same attitude, he's our future, let him face a lefty. Has a brutal day, and then right at that moment, and I can't tell you it's connected, but it feels like it was, goes through a massive batting slump, never recovers, gets sent down. And so I think the fear you have is guys going well, guys playing well. Now all of a sudden, a guy runs into not a normal lefty, not Alex Vessia. He runs into Clayton Kershaw, and he's out of whack. Yeah, but Kershaw it, also turned the clock back a little bit. He was like classic Kershaw I, no, last night. I agree night. with you that. You know what I mean? He has another Kershaw the last couple of years. He was like dynamite. But you know what's funny about that? Like right? Kershaw the last couple of years is still freaking good. I agree. But Evan, he was clear cut the best pitcher in baseball, the best pitcher of his generation 100%. forever. He was awesome. Here's what I would counter that with. If you handle him, Beatty, that is, or Alvarez, which they've done, with kit gloves, and we get to the playoffs, and let's say we do it all year, and then you want to unleash them, you can't because you treated them like that all season. Okay, if you do if you do that. You're talking about October, which you're right about. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about April. My opinion today is going to be different in May and June, July, based on performance. Like, one thing that would change your opinion, which it hasn't yet, is the Escobar question. Escobar hasn't hit. So I totally get, which is my answer, I'm not pinch hitting him. He sucks. He isn't hitting. If Eduardo Escobar started tearing it up against lefties to the point where he's forcing his way back in the lineup, he's becoming the right-handed DH, that question is answered differently, even in July. Because now all of a sudden you're like, I got a guy who's hitting 350s against lefties sitting on my bench. It's bases loaded. Oh, I'm facing the Yankees? I really hate the Yankees. That's you, by the way. You're going to try to win the game. Yeah. And, and there will be a point, maybe, where Escobar clearly gives you that best chance. He did not on Monday. Uh, Monday. He did not on Monday because he hasn't hit this season. Sure. And and I think that's – and I was thinking about this the other night, so I'm glad that we brought this up. Is the Mets do have sort of a weird conundrum this year where they're obviously expected to win a ton of games. They're a World Series favorite. But they have veterans struggling. They have young players that they want to get out there. But, like, to your point, if Escobar starts to hit, he's clearly not part of the future, but he could be part of the present. Where do you, How do you manage present, future? Oh, dude. Like, it's a tr- but it's a tricky it's, it's dance not, to play. It's not tricky. It's not? It's not tricky based on the way the Mets are acting. Your opinion and my opinion is excluded on this. They are acting as if it's just about winning. The fans want the younger players to play, The, the fans want to win, though. I agree, but they want to win, and they want the. They think the younger players give us the best chance I, no, no, to I win. I agree, but we right now the veterans that you mentioned, specifically Escobar, has been terrible, horrible. So what gives you the best chance to win is Brett Beatty. Yes. If we're sitting here 
in the middle of even July, forget October, our mentality is to win every single game. If Eduardo Escobar is performing at a high level, which I just described, more Met fans would say, no, go win the game. But the only way he's going to perform at a high level is if he's out there. We don't want nah, him out he's there. Gonna, trust me. No, it's I baseball. understand that. He's going to get his reps. I, I agree. Everybody plays. He's going to play. But I think, like, my point is is that we want to see those guys. Like, that's been the big thing with Alvarez is that people are comparing him to Gary Sanchez now. And then some of the – I just think he's overwhelmed, out, overmatched. I like Alvarez. I think he's going to be good. But he's overmatched right so, now. People say, well, he's not out there every day, Lugie. Well, that's well, because they're, you know, what, and around Okay, him. completely different guys. But in terms of Alvarez, I'm actually encouraged. I'm going to tell you this. The fact he played two games in Oakland, I thought it would be one. He played two. Encouraging. As far as the Dodgers series is concerned, he only played one game. I admit that. I think it was the same thing. I think Buck Showalter, and I, I, I'm not saying this is the reason, but I understand it if it is. I don't know if I want to send a kid up against Clayton Kershaw right now. It's different in June, July, August. I'm talking about right now. Alvarez has barely played. Beatty just got called up. I have a respect for Clayton Kershaw where I don't want to allow him to send those guys into massive batting slumps. It's one game. We play him in the playoffs. I'm answering this differently. I'm talking about right now. So I think the fact that Alvarez has played three of the last six games, it's a sign that, and here's what I would predict, because Pete and I have been predicting what, what games Alvarez starts. He'll start two of the games in San Francisco. And what we're starting to see is a trend. He caught Max Scherzer. He caught back-to-back games. He had a few hits on Wednesday. It's trending in a direction where he's going to play more. We wanted it right away, and I did want it right away. I raised my hand. It's starting to feel like we're going to get it. He just has to perform. And it was only three innings with Max, so I can't say he did a great job with him. But he got to catch Max Scherzer, right? Yeah. He's hitting a little bit more. He he has to get in rhythm. And the only way to get in rhythm is to keep playing. I agree, but it's slow. Okay, with Beatty. Back to Beatty. He should play every day. Yes. Okay? Kershaw is a rare example. There are very few Clayton Kershaws that we are going to bring up. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. You don't have to, uh, Let's look at our division, right? There's yeah. a hell of a good Max lefty. Freed. Oh, yeah. Is he playing against him? In big games against the Braves, games we... I understand what the Phillies did last year. Met fans, we want to so, win the friggin' division. Okay, so, so those are going to be key games. Here's my answer to that one. Um, there are, we've got four in San Francisco. Right. We've got three against Washington. At minimum, seven games before the Mets take on the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where the Freed holds, where it kind of falls. I don't I don't even know if he'll pitch in that series. I have no idea. Let's see what he's doing against lefties. Like, he's going to face lefties like he did um, off the be- on Monday. In his first game, he faced two lefties. But Freed's an elite lefty. Elite. I, we're getting there. My point is, let's build up the sample size. Okay. Let's see how he does against lefties. Between now and then, Alex Wood of the Giants just went on the IL. I think the Mets were scheduled to face him. So I got to see how many more lefties they're going to see. But no one they're facing is Kershaw. No one they're facing is even Max Freed. For now, I play him every day. I agree. I was just, I understand the Kershaw thing. And I think as we get better performances from Escobar, if he ever turns it around, and a bigger sample size on Beatty, there may be a day in which we're all in agreement, pinch hit for him, seventh inning, big spot. First game, I wasn't ready to do it. So I, I appreciate the question by Henry Skywalker on social media. It was a good one, but I think we explained it, like a 15-minute explanation. <laughs> now we would handle it. But I would play him every day. I would. No, I play I, him every day. No, absolutely. Beatty should play every day. No, you have to treat this guy as a future superstar of your team. And if that if that's what he is, his first game up, he's up there for every single at-bat in that game. No doubt. As far as the Kershaw game is concerned, 
Uh, he was brilliant. It's one of those games, and I, I don't do this often because more times than not, I'll get frustrated. I'll rip my own guys. I think Clayton Kershaw was just fantastic, and that's it. I, I you know, We can go back to the first inning. Nimmo hits a line drive at Jason Hayward. He drops it. It's a three-base error. Clayton Kershaw went to work. Strikes out Marte, strikes out Lindor, strikes out Alonzo, and they were done. They had no chance. They didn't even make a lot of great contact against him. He was on a mission. Now, seventh inning, they did have a chance. And I got to give major props to Mark Hanna because think about where we are in this game. It's 3 nothing. We'll get to Tyler McGill in a second. Uh, 3 nothing. seventh inning, two outs, nobody on. Crowd's electric. Kershaw strikes out Lindor and Alonzo to start the seventh inning, 3 nothing. We're all close to shutting this game off at this point. Mark Hanna proceeds to foul pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch off. The Dodger fans are standing the entire time because they're rooting Kershaw on for what they assume is the final batter. Let him get his final strikeout. It would be his ninth. Let's call it a day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And he bloops a single after 13 pitches. That was a tremendous at-bat. So sometimes when a team doesn't hit, the easy thing to say is they didn't care. They went out there, they didn't care, they gave up. I hear Yankee fans say that a lot. You can't say that about the Mets on Tuesday night against Kershaw. They faced a great player. And Mark Hanna, at least, with two outs and nobody on and the crowd begging for a strikeout, would not give in. So I know it's a random at-bat to bring up, but I thought it was awesome. And then Jeff McNeil on the first pitch rips a single. So here we are. Two on, two out, Tommy Pham seventh inning. And here's my debate. They had Evan Phillips warming up in the bullpen. I wanted Dave Roberts to take him out because I'm thinking, oh, he goes to the righty. We go to Vogelbach uh, or maybe even Beatty at that point. I don't think Beatty was used at that point. No, because he was used anything later. We got a shot. We got. Let's go for it. And I was curious who they would go to, Vogelbach or Beatty. But Dave Roberts, this credit, kept Kershaw on the game, which meant Tommy Pham is staying in the game, and he struck out. That was very frustrating because it was set up for the Mets to ruin Clayton Kershaw's 200th win party. Two on, two out. His pitch count's over 100. Like, I was thinking, not a three-run home run, but, hey, Tommy Pham rips a single. It's three to one. Here we go. We get him out of the game. It was was an interesting moment in that seventh inning. I'll give you the platform on your own podcast here, not that I need to. Evan off the air today was very upset about a stat that was given about Clayton Kershaw against the Mets. Would you care to rift on that? Yeah, so here's the thing. Clayton Kershaw against the New York Mets has dominated in the regular season. I I can't deny that. And I'm going to give you one game that jumps out at me more than any other. In 2015, the New York Mets got off to a great start. They started to struggle, and they had no lineup. Their lineup was pathetic. And I don't know if you remember this night. They were facing Clayton Kershaw in July, and it was the height of the Mets having no weapons. I think John Mayberry was the cleanup hitter. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So I go to City Field with my dad. It was the first time, the only time this has ever happened. The buzz in the section before the game started was Kershaw's going to pitch a perfect game. Swear to God. And when has that ever happened? One, two, three, first. One, two, three, second. One, two, three, third. You have to look this up. I think he took it to the sixth inning. Wow. And the 
from the jump, we're all talking. He's going to pitch a perfect game. I mean, a line bar- a lineup with a Mayberry hit cleanup, you wouldn't think he'd mow them down, but uh, he did. Well, no, we knew he'd mow them down. A perfect game. <laughs> and I'll never forget that game. They broke it up, and we had no shot. And it led eventually to Juan Uribe, Kelly Johnson, Yoenis Cespedes. The story had a somewhat happy ending. Obviously, the Mets won the division and all that. But there's no denying that Clayton Kershaw's dominated the Mets. I can bore you with the numbers. It was at 11-0, 12-0, 2 ERA. Uh, he's the only National League team he's never lost to. He's lost to every other National League team. Mets have never beat him. But here's my problem with this stat. When it mattered the most, they beat him. He lost a game in the postseason to the great Jacob deGrom. Game one, 2015, NLDS. We beat him! So how's it a stat? So how's it a stat? They beat him! We beat him! So how's it not a stat? It's it's misinformation! It's misinformation! They beat him! Now, right? They, of course! <laughs> of, this isn't like extending a hitting streak from season to season. They beat him! Not only, Lugie, did they beat him... Every other game Kershaw started against the Mets in all those regular season games, none of them hold a candle to game one. Right. Oh, he's 10-0 against him, except for the most important game he pitched in. That one, they beat him. That should be it. That's the stat. Bottom line. Talk about burying the lead. I mean, the lead is in the postseason. Now, Kershaw won game four on short rest at City Field, so I want to acknowledge that. They brought him back on short rest. Mets were up 2-1. Steven Matz started that game for the Mets. We lost. Series went back to L.A. We all know what happened. Jacob DeGrom put his balls on the table and said, hello, I am king. Um, but he lost to the Mets. So I, I am so sick of hearing about it. I was undefeated against the Mets. He lost to the Mets in the divisional series when it mattered the most. Anyhow, how about Denny Reyes? Denny Reyes was tremendous, and he just got sent down. Unbelievable. I'll get to that in a second, too, because there's a bunch of roster moves. Uh, so, J.D. Martinez hit two home runs. Luckily, Pete Hoffman isn't here to lecture us about how, I'm kidding, Pete, how we should have signed J.D. J.D.'s great. J.D. hit two home runs, drove in like every freaking run. It was unbelievable. I thought McGill was okay. I know five innings, three runs, four walks doesn't sound good. There were a ton of base runners. The reason I say he was okay is because all of the runs he gave up were the home run balls. The two-run home run of J.D. in the first, the home run in the third inning, And I thought he did an incredible job of getting through trouble because it could have been far worse. It should have been far worse. It should have been a a bombing, to be honest with you. I mean, he had 11 base runners against him in five innings. And I said this about Carrasco, he's gone. I say it about Peterson and McGill for now until the reinforcements come back, assuming they ever do. I just want them to keep me in games. That's my bar for Tyler McGill. It'd be great if he turned into something more, but... You go five innings, three runs. It's not great. It sort of kept me in the game. I mean, think about it. In seventh inning, Mets are a base hit away from getting back into it. So it wasn't a great performance, but I, I I was encouraged by the way he battled, especially the way he ended the game in the fifth inning. They were set up with bases loaded, one out, and somehow he got out of it. So I would give it like a C performance, but, you know, he kept them in the game. John Curtis didn't. He's the one who let the, you know, Basically dropped it in the eighth inning, turned the 3-0 game into a 5-0 game, and allowed us all to go to sleep. But that was Clayton Kershaw's night. Congratulations to him. Uh, As much as we riffed on the whole, the Mets have beaten him in the biggest spot, Clayton Kershaw is one of the greatest pitchers I've ever seen. Like, if I'm literally ranking, and I don't want to do the big game thing, because it's not about big games. It's about watching a guy pitch. I think Clayton Kershaw is, I'm trying to think how I would rank it. 
Pedro, number one. I think Pedro is the greatest pitcher I've ever seen because of who he dominated. And in the era that in which he dominated, yeah. Too. Ah, boy, that's a tough one. Pedro, Randy, Randy Johnson. No, I know who's on the list. I, I don't know the order. Randy um, Johnson, so Roger give, give Clemens, Clayton Kershaw. DeGrom did. I love DeGrom. He's not He's not on the list. I'm sorry. I love Jake. He had a couple of really good years. It's not enough. I need a little bit more. Greg Maddox is very high on the list. Maybe number one or number two. I think it's Pedro one. All right. Without ranking him. Bartolo Colon, <laughs> of course. It's those guys, though. Yeah. It's Pedro Martinez, Greg Maddox, Randy Johnson, and Clayton Kershaw of this era. Because here's what's funny. We're a little bit older now. Clayton Kershaw is a different era. Roger Clemens, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson. That's that's our childhood. That's our childhood. Yes. In our adulthood, dude, it's Clayton Kershaw. And let me make this very clear. I'm not going to argue with you. It's not close. I agree. Justin Verlander is a Hall of Famer. It's not close. It's not. Max Scherzer is a Hall of Famer. It's not close. So I guess the, the real order of this is it's impossible to compare him to those guys. In our era... It's not close. He's the greatest pitcher of this, let's call it 2007 to City Field era. In the new stadium era of City Field and Yankee Stadium, it's Clayton Kershaw number one, and it is a big drop off. Big drop off. Is it Jake too? I don't know. The DeGrom thing's complicated because I don't think he did it long enough. So like it, Scherzer, it would have to be Scherzer then. Yeah, it's Scherzer. It would have Verlander. to be Scherzer, Verlander, then maybe Jake. Uh, Scherzer Verlander. Yeah, yeah, Scherzer But there's Verlander. a big drop-off, unless yeah. we're missing somebody. Uh, I don't think we are, though, because I feel like it's one of those things where we just come right to our brain here. Yep, yep, those are the guys.